welcome back to another episode of Maddox Stripes. I'm your host, Julianne, and whether you're a loyal listener, hey mom, or accidentally stumbled upon our page, we're grateful you're here. As a longtime recruiter and talent leader in the tech space, I love talking to hiring experts, founders, and industry leaders about how they earn their stripes, their lessons learned, and their guidance for you, our listeners, about the ever-changing world of talent, growth-making, and mover-shaking. Subscribe to Catch Us Weekly on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In this week's episode, we'll hear from a growth-minded leader who advocates for building trust and psychological safety on teams. Her company's mission is to nourish and inspire every team member, guest, and community they serve. Any guesses on who it could be? Stay tuned in to learn that and more. On this week's episode, we get to have the privilege of meeting Stacy Moss, Director of Brand Marketing at Noodles and & Company, and formerly an account director with WIP and Crispin Porter. I'm really excited to get into it with her. Listeners, grab your coffee, pop in your earbuds, and turn up the volume because this is a new episode of Maddox Stripes. Welcome, Stacy. I'm super excited to hear your story today. You've had such a fun career. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. To kick us off, what's something that you're feeling excited about or grateful for at the moment? I am so grateful to be at a job that I love doing what I love. I feel like that is actually fairly rare to find, but I love doing what I do and working with people that I respect and care about and are like in it with me to drive the business. Heck yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's what a blessing. What's the quick and dirty on on how you earned your stripe? And, you know, I want to know how much of it was planned and how much of it was being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I think my career really, I, I feel like I was one of those rare people that always knew what I wanted to do. Like since I was maybe in middle school or high school, my dad was in the printing industry and I was just around advertising. He was working with agencies. And that was sort of what I started to fall in love with, like at a really early age. And I always had this dream of like, I've got to be at the big agencies. I've got to make it to there. And so every decision that I made sort of through college and internships and, you know, my sort of career path was really to get me to that like big agency. And so that's sort of how I ended up where I was. Wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's really a gift to have a parent who you aspire toward or who gives you an idea of a world that you could join, you know, otherwise it's like, you don't know what you don't know. So you just kind of learn from the people around you. Yes, absolutely. Now that you're here, tell us what you do in about five words. Five words. I'm going to just say strategy, insights, leadership, collaboration, and innovation. I like it. I like your choice of words there. Mm-hmm. And Stacy, why should we be jealous of what you do or where you work? Oh my gosh. Well, Noodles and Company has a culture of love and care. It's part of our values. The people that I work with are passionate. They care so much about driving the business and also just about like everybody on a personal level. 
I also think there's like great career growth opportunities within the organization and also the ability for one person to truly make an impact at Noodles is possible. So you look for those, like, I don't want to be a fish in the sea at a company that like, I'm not going to be able to move the needle on every single role at this company, I believe can make an impact. So I love that about Noodles. Nice. That's so cool. That's great to hear. You know, you, you get a glimpse of a brand from the outside and you have no idea what it's like inside. So that's really lovely to hear. Yeah. So as I mentioned in the intro, you've been agency side. Now I would consider you to be in-house. I'm curious, Stacy, what surprised you about pivoting into in-house after being agency side for the bulk of your career? Yeah, I think the first biggest surprise for me was on the agency side, you're always like, well, the client has the best life. They're just like working nine to five and everybody else <laughs> is doing the work. And that is not true. Um, <laughs> a, a nine to five role is not the case. And I think that's a big misconception coming from the agency side, because usually on the agency side, it's very you know, heads down, do whatever the client needs, like you've got to get the work done. And so I think the other thing that was interesting to me to learn is putting myself like there's a lot of aspects of the business that I didn't consider when we were pitching big ideas, how it would impact different departments within the organization. So a lot of times on the agency side, you're really focused on the marketing, you know, rightfully so. However, how does the idea that you're bringing impact supply chain or finance or what does it do the marketing budget and just thinking of like larger impacts that the marketing ideas and advertising ideas have on the brand or the organization, I should say. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. And I imagine it also helps you with you know, building a lot of empathy, having played both sides and develop deeper relationships, knowing what both sides look like. Oh, absolutely. And I think it, it does help to have that experience on the agency side, because you also know how much work everybody's putting into the ideas that are coming to you. So you have a lot of respect of like, wow, I know how much energy and time and dedication and thoughtfulness went into what was being shared. And then on the flip side, like I also understand like how does this impact us operationally and what does this mean for what all of these other departments are going to have to sort of move, shift workload to in order to make this happen. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Good insight. So for somebody who's looking to make a similar pivot, what advice would you give to them? Yeah, I think lean in, like soak up the knowledge, ask tons of questions and really think about like what is important to you to learn. For me, it was I want to keep growing. I want to keep learning. I want to keep understanding larger impacts from a business standpoint as it relates to, you know, marketing and, and what we can be driving. And so using the expertise that you have about understanding clients um, and taking that and implementing those practices, you know, on the other side. So trusting your ex like trusting your partners that they are the experts and they are hired for a reason while also knowing like what is going to drive the business. And so using sort of those skills that you've got and sort of have learned by being on the agency side to help inform that. Yeah, great advice. For those considering a pivot, I'm also curious, how long did it take you to feel not just comfortable, but successful in your role? Because I think a lot of people are probably held back by things like imposter syndrome or fear. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I think definitely easy to have imposter syndrome. Like, 
I think what was the most eye-opening for me was I was like aware of this teeny tiny part of the marketing piece, which was not clear to me before coming in house. And so I got there and I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea how this is how to work with a supply chain, how to work with operations in certain capacities. And so I think that it probably takes six months to start to feel comfortable and probably a year to feel like, okay, I'm driving an impact, I'm driving change. And I feel like I kind of like understand like how to drive the business. But I would still say like I'm two years in and I learn something new every single day. I try and learn from different departments and things that I didn't know existed or problems that I didn't know we were solving or somebody else was solving on the back end. So I was just like continuing to learn. I love it. That's great. Always learning. That's I think that would excite people a lot and also help soothe some of their concerns, some of their fears to hear a realistic take on what that looks like in execution. Yeah. yeah. So like you said, two years in at Noodles and Co, what have you learned? What are the highlights? Collaboration is key. <laughs> it's so important to get to know people across departments because they're going to work with you, not against you in bringing these great ideas to life. Um, you really need everybody to sort of be on board to get something across the finish line. And so making sure that you're collaborating is so important. And then I think highlights, you know, the leadership opportunities that I've been given within my time here, my team has expanded, you know, quite significantly. And I think being able to sort of learn and grow as a leader and a different kind of leader with different types of people, I think that's been a highlight because that's really fun for me. And I love interacting with others, but also helping others get to where they're trying to go in their careers and how I can help unlock that potential for them. That's tremendous. I love that that's the kind of leader that you are. And I love the emphasis on collaboration. I think sometimes in business environments, there's unfortunately unspoken emphasis on, you know, competition. So it's cool to hear that it's, it's a lot more collaborative in your space. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I could do anything without my partners across the company. So love the humility. Yeah. So tell me what it's like being in the loyalty and food space. What surprised you most about diving in and forming your, your go-to-market strategy there? Yeah, so randomly, I have actually had a decent chunk of my career spent in the food space for not purposely, but on the agency side, food and beverage is really where my focus has been. So it felt like a natural fit to stay in that industry um, for me and try out the brand side and sort of see if that was something that I was interested in. So I would say nothing like incredibly surprising beyond what I've mentioned, which is like just how much the advertising actually impacts every other department as the biggest piece. I both envy the fact that you work in the food space mm -hmm. and... I would have a hard time with food FOMO and wanting to eat all the things that I'm marketing. So <laughs> I eat a I lot imagine of stuff in the office. Do you? Say we don't eat it at home because I do eat it quite often. <laughs> I was curious about that. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, thing to order at noodles? I love our mac and cheese. It is oh. so good. It's very like classic dish. It's the, it feels crazy that out of all of the things, because we do have so many options, that that's my favorite. But I have loved mac and cheese since a child and I have not grown out of it. So it is <laughs> like a 
salad and a mac and cheese is my go-to order. <laughs> I love that for you. Yeah. <laughs> What's something that you have learned lately about hiring great talent in the brand and marketing space? I think the biggest learning is the time it takes to hire the right person and be okay having a gap in a role that you need and mm-hmm. want to be filled immediately. It is worth holding out for the right candidate and the right person. So I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, uh, if you look at our marketing team, we went without like a lead analytics person for over six months. And that was really tough, really, really tough. But the person that was hired is making an enormous impact in moving the business. And so I think just like hiring good talent is really worth the wait. Sure, sure. And how do you know when you should hire someone or what would be a red flag for you as a hiring manager, maybe not to hire somebody? I think I have a good feeling within the first five minutes of talking to somebody on whether or not they're going to be a good fit for us and the team. I would say, although of course, like background and whatever that is, is really important. But to me, the number one thing is the attitude. You cannot teach somebody to have a positive attitude and a growth mindset, a learning mindset. And to me, if you have the desire to learn, to grow in your role and to make an impact, like that's all I need to find the right team member. So just just being passionate. Good attitude, growth mindset, passionate. Got yeah. it. Good to know. What's the wildest or, or smartest growth marketing idea your team has had lately or thus far? Um, yeah, I think one of the smartest things we've done just in the past year is with our loyalty program, we've done a lot of research to just try and uncover what is it that guests are looking for from noodles and how can we deliver on that? And surprisingly, not really surprisingly, people like free stuff. And so we actually (laughs) launched within our loyalty program, uh, something called Extra Goodness, which is a perk that we give to any and all rewards members that is always there to use on every single visit, every day if they wanted to. So they're not waiting around for us to say, oh, this weekend is this or next week is that. And while we still do those things, of course, we always, always have something in the wallet so that you know that you can always join us and have some uncommon goodness experience uh, with us. I suddenly need to get to noodles and go. (laughs) What do you think talent in the brand marketing space cares most about in the workplace? I think connection is a big one, is making sure that you're able to be connected with the team and feeling like you're part of a team and not sort of out on an island alone. So I think that's a big piece. Right on. And what's your philosophy on growing the brand for the long term? I think probably twofold. One is, you know, being authentic and demonstrating who we are across our channels and how we communicate with our guests um, to focus on building that trust and long-term connection And then I think the second thing is really ensuring that we have a guest-centric approach. Everything we do should be for the purpose of serving our guests. Um, They're the center of our strategy. We need to be able to listen to their feedback, anticipate their needs, and deliver on what they're expecting from us. So creating that emotional connection by creating, you know, compelling stories and feeling relatable. Super well said. What is your approach to building relationships in the workplace, Stacey? 
be vulnerable, ask questions, don't be afraid of, you know, not knowing the answer. I think for me, it shows that you're willing to learn and grow and also help, you know, show that you can contribute to the business in different ways. Absolutely. And which leaders in your life have taught you the most or or been most impactful to you when you look back on your career? Yeah, I think actually my leader right now, my CMO, has had a pretty meaningful impact on the way that I think about uh, and approach my job every day. So I'm really grateful to have her. But she sort of taught me to be a stronger leader, taught me that it's okay to not know the answer and say that you don't know the answer. And then more importantly, I think she's been so transparent with everything. And so not afraid to, you know, tell me how it is, or she's not hiding information from me. I think she's very transparent. And I think for me, that's very motivating because I can understand the why of different things that we're, we're trying to do. And so the things that she does, I think has have impacted me and how I work as a leader with my team as well. That's really cool. Sounds like you have a lot of psychological safety on your team and across the company. And Sounds like you provide that to others too. And I love that you talked about your why. I was actually listening to an interview this morning about finding your why. Um, I think that goes a long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. You sort of alluded to this earlier. I want to dig into it a little bit more. How do you ensure you raise other leaders up with you or aspiring leaders? Yeah, I think this is the biggest, most important things that you can do is give the team opportunity to shine, you know, make sure that when they're doing the work that they're getting the credit for the work and showing that their work is having an impact, again, impact on the business, like what are they doing every day, like everyone matters, everyone's work matters. So I think that's probably most important. And then I think the other thing that I do, I have one-on-ones with everyone on my team weekly, and I ask five questions at the start of each one-on-one. And one of the questions is about wins. Um, And I have the person say a win that they believe that they had over the last week, and then I provide a win. But what I find that this allows is one, for me to understand what's motivating them, and try and make sure that they're continuing to get those type of projects. But two, allow them to be proud of themselves for work that they're doing and sort of get a chance to brag in a weekly cadence. And then also hear from me on what I'm really um, impressed or proud of and, and feel like is a win for them that week. Wow, that's so great. You know, so much of life is spent getting working toward a milestone or a goal and then It's so common that we don't stop to celebrate that we made it to that milestone or goal. So I just really commend you for making sure that y'all are celebrating those wins, those moments. Kudos to you on that. Thank you. So you've talked a lot about what I believe sounds like a great culture. Hypothetically speaking, what would you say is the fastest way to kill company culture? Negative attitude. Negative attitude will infiltrate the team. It just sort of spins out of control, even starting with one person. And so you want to make sure that if you've got somebody with a negative attitude, that you work really closely with them to figure out and pinpoint what is it that's causing this and how can I help so that it doesn't sort of like spread across the team. Well, I think that's great that you lean in to borrow your words and try to get to the why or the what, the root of the cause. That probably also helps people feel seen and like they matter and like their feelings matter. So again, great leadership skills there. 
Thank you. And, you know, we all have, we all go through tough times, tough days. I'm, I'm curious, how do you protect your mental health when work does get draining? I have, let's see, two things I think I do when I just am needing a break and can't feel like I can't go further is one is spending time with, you know, my kids and my husband and just being very focused and present with them. And then I think the second way I do that is I have to have alone time. If I haven't had time by myself, not talking to anybody, um, I really struggle. So it doesn't really matter what I'm doing. I could be running errands and being productive. But if I'm by myself, I feel like I get that chance to sort of decompress, not speak to anyone and just mentally take a break. Um, So I think those are the two things that I, I tend to do. Nice. Yeah, totally relatable. You know, it, it, there's a balance and, and yeah. we, we need both. Yes. Do you have an example of the last time you were scared, but did it anyway? I'm scared that my oldest is starting kindergarten next week. I am. Wow. Yes, I'm so I would say I'm just nervous. It's a new chapter in our lives and change and how we're going to adapt with our balance of work and life and two different schools. So I'm a little scared about that. So I'll let you know how it goes and whether I've overcome that fear um, after he gets started. (laughs) Well, I'll be thinking of you and I hope it goes great. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I heard this really uh, staggering stat that two thirds of jobs will be automatable in 2030. In fact, McKinsey, who conducted the study, actually moved the timeline up. It was initially a range of 2035 to 2075. Uh, So hearing that, I'm curious, you know, any thoughts on how you think this impacts the brand marketing or food technology ecosystem? Yeah, I think we're, I think we're already leaning into some of that automation. Um, You can see it across the board, regardless of department. I think for us, we're implementing things like a CDP, a customer data platform, where we can learn more Mm -hmm. about our guests and have more automation that's happening um, to help us facilitate how we're talking to them. I think you see it in the restaurant industry with some of the robotics that are coming in to replace people. I think there's always going to be a need for people and human touch, even as you look at, you know, how you're using AI to write things for you as a copywriter, you're not going to get all of that it's not the same as as a person. So while yes, I definitely believe there's probably a pretty large impact that it's going to have over the next um, handful of years. I'm hopeful that it'll still be a, a good mix and it'll make us smarter, work smarter, not harder, our jobs. Yeah, right on. Yeah. That's great insight. Yeah. And now for our rapid fire rounds. Are you more of a black and white person or live in the gray area kind of person? I'm definitely more gray than I am black and white. Yes. Cool. Higher salary or more flexibility in your job? Flexibility, for sure. Yeah. What's the last thing you learned? How to use a CDP, uh, I would say, and also how to navigate having a four-year-old girl. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And then guac or queso? Queso all the way, 100%. Nice. I think you might be the first person so far to say that. So really? Yeah. Come on. Cheese is the best. (laughs) I think I would say queso if I could eat cheese. It's, I mean, it's amazing, but um, (laughs) yeah, one of those people that can't do it. Um, 
<laughs> I know it's, it's sad. What is one final thought that you want to leave our listeners with? I think don't be afraid to try something new that you're maybe nervous to dive into. I think, you know, I didn't have any brand experience and Noodles took a chance on me and I'm so happy that they did because I've learned so much. I'm learning so much and I just feel like such a great opportunity. And if I wouldn't have been willing to sort of try something new and step outside of my comfort zone, I wouldn't be here today. And so I'm just so thankful for that. That's great. I think you've painted such a great picture of Noodles and Co. And, you know, I've take I've picked up a great image of you as a leader. So I think people should hopefully feel really lucky to work there with you and be collaborating with you and your team at Noodles. Well, Stacey, it was super fun to have you on Maddox Stripes today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with us and be vulnerable and share your insights on the industry. It was lovely to hear from you. It was great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Maddox Stripes, out weekly and produced by Josh Fuller. To be featured on our show, interview our talent, or further connect, find me at julianne at maddoxdigital.com, on LinkedIn as Julianne Struff, or head to our website, maddoxstripes.com to learn more. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. See you next time on Maddox Stripes.